Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which this podcast is created, the Gadigal and Bidjigal people of the Eora Nation. I pay my respects to elders past, present and emerging. This is the Ash London podcast. I am, you guessed it, Ash London. Reformed radio host, new mum and human being on a quest to live my best life when it feels like the world around me is imploding. Sound familiar? Every Tuesday we do a bit of mum chat. Every Thursday I do my favourite thing on the planet and I interview a guest. From celebrities who have entertained us over the craziness of the last two years to everyday people with inspiring stories. This is the Ash London Podcast. So today's guest's bio reads at the front of her debut novel like this. Ash Davenport is a Melbourne-based author and family columnist for The Design Files. Her debut book began as a personal blog called Sad Pregnant Lady, which would become Sad Mum Lady. These days, she's a mother of two and a somewhat happier person, which will make sense if you read the book or perhaps if you just see the title, which is Sad Mum Lady. Sometimes you read things or see things or watch things in life that make you laugh and make you cry, but not cry in the, oh, that's so sad way, cry in the, oh, I feel so seen way. And that is certainly um, what happened when I read Sad Mum Lady, which really is truly hilarious and also truly heartbreaking. Ash is a phenomenal writer and she writes in a way that is so approachable and honest and damn funny. I know I keep saying funny, but really I laugh out loud. Oh, my voice just broke. Um, <laughs> I love out loud when I read um, her stuff. Originally her blog, now her book, even her Instagram makes me laugh. Go out and buy this book. Um, buy it for your friends who are having babies or had babies and giggle about it. It's a really easy read. It's kind of broken up into short essays um, that follow her life as mum to Dee Dee and Fran. I'm really excited to have Ash on this podcast. And as I kind of mentioned at the start, I'm also a little nervous. This chat is just an honest reflection um, of new motherhood. I hope you enjoy it. I hope you feel your own stories and hear your own stories reflected in this conversation. And um, most of all, I hope you just go and get her book. Let's get into it. Well, hello, Ash Davenport, and welcome to the Ash London podcast, by the yeah. way. I always know it's going to be a good chat when we just start talking and then two minutes in, I haven't introduced you. So hello and welcome. Hi. I do have to just, as a matter of prefacing things for people listening, I have known you slash of you for a long time since, mm. well, I guess now I'm 35 and I guess it's like 12 or 13 years ago, I discovered you as a human, as a friend of my then boyfriend. And I was always so intimidated by your coolness. And I never had that. I was not that girl that would look at other girls and be like, she's so cool. But for some reason, mm -hmm. I thought that about you. So there you go. 
Thank you. I believe it's because I've had short hair from a young age and I used to smoke ciggies and maybe I tricked you into thinking I was cool. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, good point. You're probably right. Yeah. But it also meant that a couple of years later when I saw that you were having kids, you were pregnant, maybe I stumbled upon your blog, because in my mind you were still that person and I felt I was so far away from having kids because I was so young. I was so shocked that you were having a baby. I was like, what? Does that surprise you that I felt that way? Well, I had one friend who had a baby at like 27. So I think it just depends who's in your orbit. Because I remember thinking like, oh my God, are we doing that? All right. I guess I'll, I I guess that's, that's the next thing, you know? So I had this one kind of young by today's standards friend who had a baby at 27 and then I feel like that's the reason I did the 30 like tried tried to get pregnant at 30 yeah. and um otherwise I probably would have waited I reckon I wouldn't want to be first in my group yeah well I had the opposite is that I grew up in a Christian world where by the time I had stopped being Christian all of my friends were like two or three deep because that was like you went early you know, you got married in your early twenties and you had babies and that, you know, so for me, I rebelled against that. And I was like, Oh no, I'm going to have a career instead. And, and then I had a baby at 35 and I was like, I am too fucking old. For this. I'm exhausted. <laughs> oh, it's really, I mean, both it's pros and cons, isn't it? Pros and cons. A lot of pros. <laughs> I've, I kind of, came in right in the middle so I wasn't I wasn't really young enough to be a young parent but um also my career was sort of at a at at like a fledgling stage Mm. so then I had a baby and that was like well you know snakes and ladders you got the snake you're back to the pretty much yeah and so I feel like (laughs) I kind of got um the best of both worlds and the yeah. worst in terms of like career and yada yada. Totally, it makes perfect. I wrote the book though, so that you wrote the book, which I love. First time I read it, I was like not even thinking about having a kid, so it was like, oh, this is funny. And then the, this time I read it, I cried more than I laughed, not in a yeah. sad way, in a oh god, yes way. But uh, I guess you hear that a lot. I'm glad I. I all the tears um, are, are really, I feel really honoured when people cry over my book. I want to just like keep them in a little dish. Um, a resin bowl by your bed. Yeah. So thank you for your tears. Wow. Um, I definitely wrote it for sad parents. Like it, I was writing it to me. I think everyone's, I think leading up to becoming a parent you're pretty tone deaf when it comes to the truth yes the reality of being a parent and I think we're kind of fooled uh it's a little bit true as well but we imagine that we've kind of been duped like nobody told us why didn't anybody (laughs) tell us all new information and it's like well actually people were telling us and there were books being written Um, in a similar vein to mine and I just didn't see them didn't hear them they didn't exist to me and also we get you read after you need to hear it 
Because you go, I want to know that how I feel is normal, that I'm not crazy. So I'm going to read this so that I can look back on the last year and go, okay. Whereas really I should have read it like really like as I was preparing for this so that when I was having a day, I'd go, Ash warned me. Yeah. Well, I'm glad I've reread it because it just came out in this little new version and it's mixed emotions reading back over it because I've I've looked back on her and I just wish that version of me asked people for help Mm. and I wrote this book instead and that was kind of this really delayed way and really protected and controlled way that I could um cry out basically and say I'm not coping this is so much harder than I ever could have imagined. I'm so lonely. Mm. All of those things that I expressed in the book were things that I wish I said in real life in that really crucial um, first couple of years. And this was pre-pandemic and I was feeling really isolated and like like I didn't have a support network. So my heart actually breaks thinking about all the um, new parents that have come out in the last couple yeah. of years. The isolation was real before. Um, yeah. How are people out there? Is that right? Well, I wouldn't know. How, how are the parents? <laughs> you talk to, what about your mum's group or like? I don't, I, I, not for me. I kind of, I, I went to maternal health nurse once and she said, do you want me to put you in a mum's group? And I said, no, thanks. I've got friends that have, my best friend had a baby three months before me. Like I'm, I don't want a mum's group. She said, "Well, we do some classes, so you can skip the walks and just go to the classes." And I thought, okay. And then she, I think she had my email address wrong or something. So I never got an email. So I thought, oh, she took my first option of not wanting to be part of the mum's group. And then one day I get added to a WhatsApp group, and I'm like, "Who are these women?" And they're talking alibis. Seriously, and they're all taught, and I'm like oh, this is the mother's group. I've missed the catch-ups, but I've been put in a WhatsApp group. So I became a lurker. Yeah. A lurker of the WhatsApp group. Like I didn't want them to know I was there, but I wanted to read everything. And I I knew these women in and out. Like I knew the, you know, the group leader. And, you know, in the first week, this girl was showing off, not showing off, she was bragging she's proud of her child for sleeping through it fucking six weeks or something fuck her fuck her and I so wanted to get in and but I and be like well my baby's been up every hour and a half and I and I that's how it is for me but I didn't want them to know I was there but then another woman said if anyone else is feeling crappy my baby's actually not sleeping and I was like go then I got out but it has been it's a lonely time to have a baby um, because you have certain ideas in your head about what your mat leave is going to look like. And I live in the eastern suburbs of Sydney where, you know, women are, it seems everyone's on mat leave when they bugaboos and walking around and getting coffees. And, and I thought, it's going to be so fun. I'm going to wear cute maternity dresses and go out and just like be pregnant. And people are going to be like, oh, how far along are you? And I'll be like, well, I'm nearly ready to go. And oh, it's so exciting. Why have you? And none of that happened. I just stayed home for like, the whole pregnancy and then when he was born lockdown still so I was still home so it was lonely but 
Mm. At the same time, I was so scared of the baby getting COVID that I'm happy to be lonely. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I was scared of everything before (laughs) COVID. I was scared of the baby getting anything and everything and like rushing into the hospital um, to like at six months pregnant, seven months pregnant, because I hadn't been feeling movements in the way that I had been feeling. That is hard. Yeah. And there's just so much anxiety. You know, your your brain is transforming. Like you're having a neurological event that's Mm. as significant as puberty. Your brain actually visibly changes. So there's a lot going on. Yeah. So then you put the pandemic on and I suppose you'd either just be completely like unable to function or you just kind of get on with it. Yeah. I thought I would be the unable to function. Yeah. Because I suffer from such bad anxiety before motherhood. Yeah. Something magic. I think it was the hormone. Something magical did happen whereby I felt very safe in my body, which I'd never felt. So that was one good thing that happened. And I think reading books like yours certainly helped. And this week I've not only been reading your book, but also having a big laugh and watching Ali Wong stand up. She's great. Don Wan. Oh, Don, no, what's her new special? Don, Don, Don Wong? Don, I don't know. Don Wong, that makes sense. When you were like pregnant slash whatever, have have the baby, did you have an Ali Wong, like an honest, I hate saying an honest account of motherhood, but like someone who was, you know, surfacing the uncomfortable truths of things in your life, whether a friend or a famous comedian? Mm, No, my friend, my one friend who had a baby had like a beautiful candlelit birth on her living room floor and was like at a picnic two days later with her baby in a baby carrier. Like this was my model of motherhood. And it was, it just wasn't like that at all. I actually had a big falling out with that friend as well. So I do, when I trace back like through the timeline, I can see my that version of me like in a horror movie, like I'm going <laughs> into the wrong door. And I'm like, no. Did so, you mend the relationship or is it still? Yeah, we're good okay, now. Right. Yeah. Now. But it's so hard. Yeah. Even when you're the person that like doesn't believe in comparison or you look at shit on Instagram and you go, that's a big fucking lie. Yeah even when it's your best friend and they don't mean anything by it. That's my, one of my biggest struggles is it is, it's so hard not to compare. And I don't even mean in like the surface sense of like how much they're sleeping, but just in, in everything, it's so hard not to. Yeah. And now, well, you know, in the months and years that followed after becoming a parent, I could understand why this friend would share those parts of parenthood and nothing else Mm. because it is so fucking hard and there's no way it wasn't that hard for her and she that was how she coped so I mean I don't I don't I don't really I, I forgive her totally whatever gets you through yeah and so you were you were sad pregnant lady blogging when pregnant were you writing in the depths of new motherhood with the leaking, bleeding nipples and the hot sweats and the hormones and all that, was yeah. there any writing? When did that start? 
Um, I I wasn't writing for a few months. I was just, I think I was in shock. Mm. Like I was in, I had this fairly medicalized, like traumatic birth with yeah. Dee, my eldest. And I think I was just in full recovery, shell-shocked mode for like a while after that. Um, and then when I started up the blog again, it was pretty loaded because I I kind of ended on a high, like, hey, we made it through this challenging pregnancy, guys. Yeah. Um, it, was a, it was a healthy pregnancy, but um, not mentally. I wasn't mentally healthy during mm -hmm. that pregnancy. And then I was sort of coming back with more bad news, like... <laughs> <laughs> wasn't good either and um I'm took me a while to connect with her and I'm feeling really lonely so I it was it was tricky I was trying to like manage my message mm. I needed to just be like I'm really stuck I need all my people around me in you know in a way that was where I was still comfortable and not being like overwhelmed by mm. lots of people in my house or something but okay. You know, instead I was trying to just be real and be funny and be this kind of persona that I'd um, created during pregnancy. That's wall. It was a wall now that I look back on it. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. I understand, especially when you talk about not bonding straight away, because I'm very like emotional relational I communicate for a living mm. I my job is literally to meet someone and bond with them straight away and do a great interview and you know and speak to a hundred thousand people on the radio every night like I and that's what I'm best at mm. and I'm very maternal and I thought and then the, I meet the baby and I love the baby so much more than I've ever loved anything but you know like I don't feel like I don't think this baby likes me very much. Like I genuinely was like, I don't, I think the baby loves Adrian, but I don't, the baby loves me. Like it doesn't look at me. And, you know, it's, it's something that so many kind of mums experienced, but it was so surprising to me. And it also challenged what I believed about myself, which was I am this really kind of like loving person who's great at connecting with people, but I can't connect with my own baby. What else am I wrong about? And that's really scary. But then again, when I spoke to people about it, people that I didn't expect to understand or to have experienced that were like, no, yeah, I was the same until the baby smiled at me after two and a half months. And again, mm -hmm. it's like, well, what, you know, why, why don't we hear more about women that don't connect with their babies? That doesn't make us serial killers. Yeah, it's because we're alone in our living rooms and there's no other adult human beings around us and it's just not it's not how it should be done I don't think oh, yeah it really isn't if someone just would have been next to you saying oh my god I totally know what you mean and that would have been case closed we're moving on I'm not there's nothing wrong with me I'm just it, it, you would just be con consistently validated and things would yeah. be consistently normalized yeah. and 
it would all be fine. I, I don't know. I think we need some sort of um, parents hub, like not yeah, a commune. Yeah, with no, but, but even just almost like a set up, like a health centre kind of thing, but no maternal child health nurses oh. allowed. Yeah, no, no, no. Don't wear my baby. Yeah, no, no scales. No scales here. No. And it's like no social media, no scales. Um, what else? No unsolicited advice. Like obviously you can seek advice if you want it. But this is what I imagine it needs to happen. Like it, it feels absolutely necessary to me. It doesn't absolutely. feel like luxury it's just no and I think you know it's just it is the loneliness but also writing is a very lonely endeavor I would imagine yeah and I think that's where it went because I wasn't getting any real life connection outside of meeting some people online and people would read my blog and I'd, I'd have little um distant but still really vital relationships with people yeah. who were having similar experiences to me. But then, yeah, I'm a writer. So I guess I just took all of those feelings and just went like into my little cave inside <laughs> and them all on my own, um, which was really helpful. It yeah. really, it was great. And I'm glad I, I'm really proud of that version of myself as well because I'm like wow you're so brave like going into those dark things but also you're an idiot because you needed to be doing that work while being supported by people like a therapist probably yeah Um, and what was it that you're a smart person and you're not a judgmental person like if it was your friend in that situation you tell them well, why don't you talk about it? Go and see a psychologist or a therapist or let's talk. What was it about you specifically that meant that that wasn't happening? I did see a psych, um, but I just saw her intermittently mm-hmm. and she was just like a touchstone. She was a mum too. And I just kind of just say I was really having a hard time and not enjoying it and Sam didn't understand. And she'd say things like, he will never understand <laughs> and I feel really just like seen and like everything's okay but I didn't really go into what was going on and it was it I think I, it was just out of fear I think really everyone says like ask for help are you okay day you know like it's this really easy thing for people to oh. say they're not it's not easy it's not something you're ever going to respond to a, a corporate fucking brand line about in a real way. Mm. It's such a leap of faith. There's, you don't really know what's on the other side of that leap. Now, in hindsight, I look back and I know that the thing that is on the other side for sure is you being a better carer and a better parent mm. to your children and to yourself. Yeah. That's definitely on the other side of it. Yes. But you don't know, you don't know what it's gonna look like. And it just feels scarier than anything. Mm. So that's the bravest thing you can do, not write about it. Yeah. Just ask for help. It's true. And I think motherhood is in a whole other realm because it is something that like you look around and everyone is a product of a mother, right? Mm. So like I would go out and I had this discussion with Jamil Rizvi on the same podcast where we'd look around at all these mothers and be like, you did it? You did it? Like all these people did it. Yet it's so hard. So 
it must have only been this like hard for me or like something must be, you know, it's the most natural thing in the world to be a mom. And, you know, yes, you hear about postnatal depression, but, you know, I always just thought I was the special one. And in many parts of my life, I assumed I was the special one, the exception. Mm-hmm. That's not going to happen to be whatever. And I don't mean in the sense of like, you know, whatever, like, I have mental health problems. It's not like I, it's, it's surprising, but I don't know. I just thought I would be the exception. And, and my, that one night that I was in the car with my mom and burst into tears and finally out loud said, I think the baby hates me. Oh, but then it was like, she understood. She caught you. Totally. And I was like, oh God, I wish I had told her this five weeks ago. Yeah. I've tried and I'm, someone that will like say anything without fear generally but the first time in my life that has been that little part of me that I, well, I can't actually tell anyone that mm. I don't know if I, and I don't know what I was so scared of mm. my mom was never going to be like no the baby does hate you you're right it's mm. because you're a bad mother mm. she's not going to say that yeah I reckon there's something primal that keeps you keeps you not saying it it's something like I'm not the right carer for this person. Like I, they're not mine. They're going to, there's something wrong about this like fundamental thing. Yes. And it's just too important to me. Yeah. One to kind of question that. Mm. Need to even question that. Totally. But once you kind of get over that giant sprawling chasm, <laughs> <laughs> it's the best thing. It's <laughs> true. And something that I know from what I do, and I think you absolutely would have experienced, is that once you, or you didn't just say that to your mom, you said it in a book, which many people have have read, then the people reach out to you to say, this was also my experience, but then it becomes sometimes. Yeah. Yes. That actually happens. A whole nother wave of sometimes bit overwhelming. Yeah, it was great. It was great hearing from people who read it. That was, that filled me up. It was wonderful. And Mm -hmm. I'm so glad that I was able to have any kind of impact or help anyone in any way, really. Yeah. Like then I felt like I was speaking from this place of, well, I wrote the book and said the end. And then um, now let me, you know, be on the other side of postnatal depression and speak from there. And yeah. I kind of rush myself through the final stages that it's not even like that. It's just, it's just sort of an ongoing thing for me. It's not, yeah. it's not even necessarily postnatal depression. It's more just like classic depression where <laughs> I've been just in, in different stages throughout my life. And I had a really intense um, episode and a long-ish term episode after I ha- had kids but I'm seeing it now as you know it's probably just going to be my little my little hideous friend that I take with me through the rest of my life and we're just yeah. gotta, just got to love it and care for it and forgive myself for it and mm. keep doing all that stuff yeah yeah, yeah. Is it actually laughing about it because that that really does help me and I think that helps other people as well it's like oh God. It's actually some of this stuff is fucking hilarious like yeah. it is and it is 
Like it's okay. It feels good. Yeah. It means that when you, the simplest term, when you read something traumatic that like strikes a chord within you and you can laugh. I don't know what chemical is going on in your body, but I don't know. There's a new association there that that thing that you mm-hmm. thought was your own trauma and yours alone doesn't have to make you feel sick. It can actually make you laugh as well, which is totally. great. I know. I remember being on this hideous holiday with um, the two kids because I had um, our second baby, Franny. Um, we had them really quite close together. Mm. There were a couple of years there where it was like madness, chaos, nothing ever really. You could just never find your footing. Like it yeah. just became very fucking intense. And um, we're on this holiday and we'd been really looking forward to it. My partner and I was going to like heal our relationship. <laughs> Obviously. High stakes, yeah. And it just didn't work out like Didi fell down the stairs and like something else happened one of them choked and oh just normal kind of <laughs> death experiences stuff <laughs> you got colors but um the so it was the last day of this really disappointing holiday and um Sam my partner he's like I ordered you a coffee and he got me just a regular latte and I normally like every single day that he's known me for 14 years I have drunk a strong latte of all the days that I need my coffee and not only because I need an an extra shot I actually need to know that you know me you know that I'm known of course how long before you cried I went outside I excused myself because the (laughs) kids were at the table and I went outside and I was facing the water and the wind was blasting my face and I was bawling. And the tears <laughs> that were makes like, perfect sense like, to me. Like, I told, like, <laughs> I told my friend, I messaged her, and this was <laughs> one of my very good friends who's also a parent. <laughs> and I told her that my... <laughs> But Sam just ordered me a regular latte instead of a strong one. And now I'm crying in the wind. (laughs) She said, if I hear um, Kiss one more time, she's got two little kids and one is obsessed with Kiss, just plays it, which is very intense music to listen to, like, um, over and over. If I hear Kiss one more time, I'm going to murder the neighbor's dog. (laughs) And that was... All I needed. Yes. It was hideous and vile and balm um, and to your I, broken soul. I got it. I yes. totally understood yes. that motive. Mm. Um, and it was okay. So, yeah, make a little joke of it as well. Yeah. I love that Mother Nature came to the party <laughs> to make it so cinematic for you. It's like one of those <laughs> moments where you're like, I am in a music video. This is a music video. I am starring in it. I'm going to just commit full throttle to the drama of this. Yeah, and the ocean consists of mother's tears. Mother's tears over being misunderstood and unknown. Yeah. I understand. Speaking of um, partners and getting angry, I love this from something you wrote from The Guardian. I inhaled slowly through my nose and readied myself for the next question. I've breastfed two babies through the night next to a snoring partner. I'm excellent at metabolizing rage. And I am convinced that there is no rage that even comes close to a snoring partner 
in the middle of the night while you are breastfeeding. No. It doesn't matter how great he is. It does not matter how, if he has gotten every coffee order right for 14 years. And I, I want to murder him. <laughs> like I see, I see that I think, is this anger past? Can the baby sense how angry I am? Because that would be bad because I'm so angry. At him. And it, I can't. <laughs> A friend of mine, she's she said a couple of times she's kicked her partner and he's woken up like, whoa, whoa. And she's like, oh, you okay? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like, yeah, it's it's pretty special. It's I was throwing two nights ago. I was breastfeeding. He was snoring. And I'm talking not like it was like, like proper. Mm-hmm. And all I had that I could reach was like a pile of babies' books and one toy so I started with the toy but it didn't land hard enough on him so he just didn't wake up <laughs> and I got three books in and then finally it's the this is spot book which is like the shape of the dog and it's very hard and I like frisbeed it over to him and he woke up and it was the same I was like sorry babe why did you wake up no you're just snoring a bit of you. <laughs> I know see what comes over us the worst one for me was when Sam would come into the bedroom after I'd been cluster feeding and it was right in the beginning when, oh, my boobs were so oh. the sound of that cluster feed. It is. It's awful. <sighs> awful. Like cluster is like if you had boils on your body and they would cluster or like yeah. a, some sort of an infection. There's a cluster of infection. We've got to rebrand that. But yes. then, um, so I'd be cluster feeding <laughs> and then she'd still be screaming. She was like going through a leap or whatever it was. And he'd come into the bedroom in the dark, holding up the baby. I think she needs feeding. <laughs> oh, I just fucking fed her. Out. <laughs> no, no, that's not cool. <sighs> Oh, I'm getting sweaty thinking about it. I'm actually breaking out into a sweat. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> oh my god, I mean, I think, oh god, have you fed it? Although recently, and I'm five months in now, I keep forgetting to feed him. Yeah, because they start just doing their own stuff. I feel like the mother-baby single entity has been like you're two separate people now. I, think. I completely agree, and I'm happy about that. Yeah, I, um, yeah, and I'm about to. I think I'm about to wean off the, the breastfeeding. I'm trying to get to six months, and it's like half of me is devastated, but half of me is. It is like seven year old Christmas, and I know I'm getting the world's greatest Christmas present and Christmas. You know, that's one of my favorite things you've ever Instagrammed. I'm gonna get it wrong when you talk <laughs> about. You would go and. And you'd every year know what your Christmas present was going to be because you'd buy, you'd peek at it. And then on Christmas morning, you would like sob tears of joy and feign surprise. And it's called acting sweetie. I said a lot. It's so creepy though. Like, <laughs> I forgot about that. And I was, I saw a photo of myself. Like I was old. I was like 13 or 14. Like, and I was doing this like weird <laughs> face snot, like tears. That's so fucked up. <laughs> oh, you are sick. Oh, oh, 
I don't know what kind of things are going to be revealed with the two kids, like as they get older. Like, wait. twisted stuff are we going to be in? <laughs> and will we be as forgiving and open and cool about it, knowing that we too were dramatic little weirdos that were also a bit, you know, screws. Like maybe we were, I don't know. I guess we'll wait and see, right? Yeah. No, mine is so dramatic. <laughs> it's screaming like the mornings, even now, they're four and five, go to kinder and school. So like lots of change. There's always some circumstantial thing you can sort of pin yes. it on. But I think they're just like, my baby so far is adrian my husband thank jesus in heaven oh, really? who is the most like just goes along with it you mm-hmm. know so yeah. far i mean as much as a baby can have a personality at five months yeah. he's his dad and may it continue long may it continue that's cool well when i met my husband he was on stage in full drag um screaming into a microphone um because he is a total drama queen as well so we've got we've got drama squared yeah good luck, good yeah. luck ash davenport thoughts and prayers with you. <laughs> um i will leave it there i think that's a lovely way to finish our chat today Great. i love you i love your work it's a pleasure to follow you thank you for the laughs and the Usually we said laughter and tears, but tears are like some poignant, but the tears are like visceral tears and I, but they feel really good. So thanks for that. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for them once again. And for this great chat, I really had fun. It was great. Me too. I was a bit nervous because I never interview authors. I've interviewed one, Leanne Moriarty and you in my 10 years. Oh, I love her. I love those books. Just give it to me and leave me alone for a day and make me cups of tea and bring them to me and let me. (laughs) (laughs) Never never think about it again. Done. Okay, I'm going to go and listen to your chat with her then. Great. She's a legend. And do you know what? I never said this because I don't know if it's braggy. No, it's not. It's about her, not me. After the, our chat, she got my address from her publisher and sent me a book for Buddy because I was like 35 weeks pregnant. It was her kid's favourite book with like a little inscription and even put her home address on the thing. Like she didn't even make the publicist send it. Leanne Moriarty sent me a book herself. She went to the post office. When are we going to her house? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh that's so cool oh she's essentially nice yeah so I I, um look forward to whatever you're gonna send me in the post yeah yeah, look out for (laughs) it happen definitely keep going to the post box every day Ash Davenport you're a legend (laughs) thank you so much um are you gonna write another book by the way Uh, yeah I I started writing one and then um I had there's some sort of mental breakdown, but that's okay. That's <laughs> You'll get there when I'm you get there. Now, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna tackle it with support this time. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Lesson learned. Good on you, darling. You have a great day. Give Bye. my love to <laughs> Bye. Big love to Ash Davenport. That's got an E on the end if you are looking for her on the internet. A S H E. Like I said at the start, she's just a cool chick. Um, like I said, the book is called Sad Mum Lady. I highly recommend you get around it. It's funny, I never thought 
before I had kids that I would enjoy talking about being a mum so much, but I certainly do love talking about it when the conversation sounds like the one I just had. So thank you, Ash, for making the time for writing this book and generally just in a ledge. And thank you guys for listening. It is um, such a pleasure to bring this podcast to you every week. Um, stay safe, stay well and happy, and I will catch you next time on the Ash London Podcast. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.